And welcome to History for Weirdos. We are your hosts, Andrew and Stephanie. And each week, we're going to take you on a journey into the strange, obscure, and relentlessly entertaining corners of human history. Now listen up, friends, because it's about to get weird. And Andrew. The married couple that likes to sit in their office on the floor and talk to you (laughs) about weird history stories. We are so excited to be back (laughs) with another episode this week. Yes. Andrew, this time it's your turn. It is my turn this time. Uh, Would you like to hear about the famous legendary if you will mm. archimedes absolutely yes well, i mean his name alone is pretty excellent it would be such a good cat name yeah archimedes I think is a good cat that name. is a really good cat name mm-hmm. i think when we do get a cat his yeah. name will be archimedes or and, pericles yeah we want to definitely get a cat one day and name one cat pericles but maybe we could get two pericles and archimedes yes That'd people will so know cute. we're history nerds for sure people will know <laughs> to avoid yeah. us yeah <laughs> Please, please go ahead and tell us. Is this like his life story or is sort it a specific of, story? No, you know what? It's more of like a specific story, but it's kind of a collection of just weird and prolific things that have happened with him. Okay. So like his very, greatest hits. Kind of his greatest hits and with an emphasis towards the latter part of his life. Okay. Where the greatest of his hits occurred. Oh. Damn. Yeah, and not only that, he lived during a pretty interesting time frame and a very interesting place. So, okay. so obviously we'll get into it. The name and like rings a bell and science and inventions and things like that is what I associate with Archimedes, yes. but I don't have like any context. Okay. So well, I'm really excited. I think I can help with that. Go ahead. Okay. Kate. So today's weirdo highlight, Archimedes, is interesting because he's one of the most prolific if not the most prolific mathematician slash physicist slash engineer slash astronomer slash inventor of the entire ancient world. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was a big deal. He was a multi-passionate. He was a multi-passionate for (laughs) sure. Um, And he is, of course, the one, the only Archimedes of Syracuse. Mm, Like the school. Like the school, yes. Uh, Not based in New York, Syracuse, Sicily. Syracuse, Sicily. Yes. Okay. Which... uh, for the listener, is kind of, I guess, in the southeastern portion of the island. Nice. Yes, yes. So that's where Archimedes is from. Yeah, that's where Archimedes is from. And at the time, it was a Greek colony of the city-state of Corinth. Oh, okay. Yeah. So then, it, yeah, it doesn't sound really Italian, so Syracuse probably a Greek name? Yeah, I think so. It, it comes from a Greek name. I don't know what the Greek word is, but right. that's like the anglicized version of it. Oh, very cool. Yeah, yeah. So he lived during the third century BC, uh, so the 200s BC. Mm-hmm. Um, he was an ethnic Greek, again, like I mentioned, from the city state of Syracuse, and again, southeastern portion of the island mm-hmm. of Sicily. Um, just for any geography nerds we have out there. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> geography nerds. I, I am a geography know. nerd too, so that's why. That's why I keep on <laughs> mentioning it. I also realize that most people probably aren't, so it just sounds weird that I'm just repeating that. <laughs> 
(laughs) (laughs) So, and like I mentioned, and I have to repeat myself here, this was a very interesting time. Mm -hmm. And he also happened to be in a very interesting place in a very interesting time Mm -hmm. in world history, or especially the history of the Mediterranean. Tell us why. So, Sicily is essentially the midpoint of the entire Mediterranean. North, south, east, west, it called kind of Sicily smack dab right in the middle. Yeah. Um, which means, you know, it doesn't really mean a whole lot today, but in the ancient world, when trade and commerce was conducted over the seas in wooden ships, this was very important because, you know, all the shipping lanes went right through there, right? And so, you know, essentially what that meant was a lot of wealth, you know, would be, you know, would be funneled through there, Mm -hmm. either through, you know, gold, silver, precious metals, or through like the various, um, you know, trades mm-hmm. uh, that would, you know, be, that would come through. And so, you know, and also like during this time frame, you know, there was a lot of wars that were happening um, and they all went through Sicily. So the three that come to mind immediately, this was just during his life alone, was the Pyrrhic War, the first Punic War, and then the second Punic War. Oh, wow. So a lot happened. So he would have, and the people of Sicily at that time, would have been exposed to so much because of the trade and the warfare going on all around them all the time. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Different armies from various parts of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, to give you guys a kind of a full context and I'm going to keep this very brief, mm-hmm. I will give a short summary of kind of what's happening, you know, with Rome and Carthage as those are becoming the two biggest players of the Mediterranean at the time. Okay. And then of course they set the stage for the Punic Wars. Okay. Rome versus Carthage. So Rome at this point in time, um, they had, when you're thinking, when you, most people think of Rome, they think of, you know, Augustus, Julius Caesar, and, mm-hmm. and even later on, like, you know, Marcus Aurelius, mm-hmm. that's still hundreds of years away. Yeah. So at this point in time, Rome is had finally broken away from being like a kind of like a minor city state in central Italy to becoming the dominant player in Italy. And when I say Italy, like, I mean, mainly in Italy. Uh-huh. And so during his life, um, they fought in the, the Pyrrhic war, right? So um, essentially a Greek uh, army came and they fought Rome in Southern in Greece. Sicily? And uh, yeah, and so I'm sorry, in southern Italy, and then eventually in Sicily as okay. well. Um, and then ironic, and ironically, the Carthaginians were involved as well, but not fighting against Rome. Um, and there's just a lot of fighting, and okay. it just all took place in Sicily. And Archimedes is just <laughs> yeah, and he's yeah, Sicily, yeah, and Syracuse, the city state, is Aww. kind of just chilling. They're like, they don't, we don't, they don't want to get caught in the middle of it, right? And they are, and they are, they just are, and so it went then. At least for them, luckily, the Pyrrhic War is pretty quick. Okay, so this that's Pyrrhic and then Punic. And then Punic, yeah, they're two separate things. Okay, and there's two Punic Wars. And there's two Punic Wars. And one Pyrrhic beforehand. Yeah, thank you, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And the word Pyrrhic comes from the king of this kingdom called um, Epirus, and his name was Pyrrhus. Okay. So Pyrrhic War. So his war. Yeah, his war. Okay. Um, and I don't like, I can go into the whole backstory of that, but I feel like that's just, Mm. that's way too much for this episode. Yeah, please don't. Yeah, I will not. (laughs) (laughs) And so then, you know, the Punic Wars happen and that's Rome, you know, that kind of, they're just starting to become like an empire, right? They have, by the time of the first Punic War, they have all of Italy pretty much conquered, right? Which is a big deal. Which is a really big deal. 
Um, and, and then south of Sicily in North Africa, present day, like just outside of Tunis, Tunisia mm -hmm. is the city state of Carthage, which it was a colony itself of, um, a Phoenician colony of Tyre, mm -hmm. which is in present day Lebanon in the Eastern Mediterranean. And they were becoming an empire themselves. Okay. And so, you know, they kind of, you know, Two, so two really empires growing empires. Are growing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Sicily and Syracuse <laughs> is right in the middle of both of them. <laughs> so they're like, oh, they're this sweating. is great. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> and yeah, they're fighting each other. Uh, that, you know, war breaks up between them and the first Punic War happens. Mm -hmm. um, and that lasts, like, I can't, I don't remember the top of my head, but it's something like 23, 24 years. Oh my it's God. a long time. And a lot of people die. Yeah. Um, primarily, it's it was fought. Yeah, it's a whole generation. Um, primarily, it was fought over the seas, but there were some land battles. It was just chaos. Mm -hmm. And then the second Punic War happens um, a, a later on. That's you know that's the more famous of the two wars. Okay. That's the one that has Hannibal, you know, infamously oh. crossing the Alps. Mm -hmm. That that was towards the beginning of the second Punic War. Did he do that with elephants? He did do it with elephants. That's not smart. No, no. Only, and this is a fun fact. Not so fun fact, actually. Uh, only one elephant survived the winter. What? A son of a nutcracker. Yeah. That's terrible. So, like, Who he, would think an elephant would survive? I know. So he, he brought all these uh, these elephants across the mountains and then they mostly die. Uh, it's like only one of them survived. So like it was just, it was kind of, it was pointless. silly. It was pointless. And these poor animals died. Rest I hate that. Elephants. I know. And even not less of a fun fact, that was a subspecies of elephant that was present in North Africa that is now extinct. Holy. Completely wow. extinct. Yeah. Um, oh my God. So. Yeah. We're, and we're just talking we're about that. We're on a that. huge light tangent right now, but so interesting. that's all during the second Punic War. Yeah. Involving Hannibal. Involving Hannibal. Yeah. Okay. And so he's important for, you know, kind of the story, but, you know, there's a lot of things that are important, but okay. yeah, that's kind of, and the reason why I wanted to tell this is because to give you a little bit of an idea of, it's just, the world is in chaos right now. Yeah. This was the, like, if you think about it, this was the closest thing they had to a world war in like the ancient era. Oh, absolutely. For the people of the Mediterranean, this must have been a world war. Absolutely. Their known world. And in the mm -hmm. Second Punic War, especially, there were five theaters of war. Mm -hmm. You had fighting in Spain, you had fighting in mainland Italy, you had fighting in Sicily, you had fighting in Greece, and mm -hmm. you had fighting in North Africa. Oh my So God. it was, I mean, it was, it was brutal and it lasted like, I think like 16, 17 years. So again, this and you know, this was after the first Punic War, which lasted like over 20 years. Which is after the Pyrrhic War. <laughs> yeah, which was, you know, at least short, but you know, it was still devastating. Lots of war. Lots of war. Okay. Um, and you know, Syracuse and the entire island of Sicily is like right smack dab in the middle of it. So just chaos. Okay. So, you know, now that we have kind of all that backstory out of the way, I wanted to bring it back to our weirdo Archimedes. Yay! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so What's sad is, you know, and strange is that we know very little about the man himself. Oh. Um, yeah, you know, interestingly enough, he did have a biography written about him uh, by his friend Heraclides, but unfortunately it was lost of time. Oh my God, his friend wrote a biography. His friend wrote a bi biography, yeah. We know been... that, but we don't know what he wrote. He must have been really interesting for a contemporary to be like, oh, I have to write about your life. Yeah, I think reading about him 
the little that we know is fascinating. Okay. Um, <laughs> we, you know, and, you know, and going kind of to like how little we know, we don't even know if he was ever married or if he had children, Really, nothing, like nothing of his private life okay. or personal life. Um, the things that we do know from him are his inventions, his theories, and a few possibly apocryphal like stories. Mm. So, you know, and again, that's like, you know, with ancient history, a lot of these things, it's kind of like, you know. We don't really know for certain if this happened or mm-hmm. if it didn't happen. It's a lot of it's kind of just guesswork. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so he was written about by numerous ancient historians across the centuries. I mean, starting with like the Greco-Roman Polybius in the second century BC. Then you had the Roman author Vitruvius, Roman statesman Cicero, the Roman historian Livy, the Greek philosopher. Livy. Yeah, well, Livy, that, that Livy, like the history of Rome, Livy. Um the Greek philosopher Plutarch, and then the Byzantine yep. Roman John Tzitzes from like the 12th century AD. So <laughs> John Tzitzes? Yeah, it's spelled T-Z-E-T-Z-E-S. Okay. Um, wow. I, I just love the evolution of Roman, quote unquote, Roman names. Yeah. It's really funny. Um, <laughs> but one of my favorite, I think, of these possibly false stories is when Archimedes helped his benefactor the king of Syracuse, Hiero II. Okay. And, you know, and as a side note, I would just want to mention that, like, we could probably do an entire episode on Hiero II. Oh, wow. But just for the interest in time, and so I don't go, you know, down a crazy rabbit hole, just know that he ruled over the city-state of Syracuse for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Like, he was involved in the Pyrrhic War. I think he was a general of, and I, I don't know this for certain, but I think he was a general of the of the king of um, Epirus, Pyrrhus, and like probably one of his top generals. Okay, and that's how he ended up getting right. Syracuse. Exactly, mm-hmm. and we do know that you know he in the first Punic War he briefly supported the Carthaginians, but switched sides to the Romans and became mm-hmm. a staunch supporter of the Romans for the rest of his life. Wow, that's so interesting. Yeah. I think he was, from what I've read about him um, and what I've studied about him, is he was a very, just an incredibly intelligent person. And he could see, you know, patterns. And he saw this, you know, this Rome, you know, that was looked down upon by the Greeks at the Mm -hmm. time, right? As they were viewed as barbarians. But he saw them and he's like, oh, no, these guys are going to be a big deal in the coming years. He saw their potential. He saw their potential. Rome Rome did some cool things, I guess. Yeah, Rome did some great things, you know, in terms of, you know. Conquering. Yeah, conquering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but okay, so back to the story yes. of Hiro. So he suspected that his goldsmith was leaving out some measure of gold and replacing with silver in a wreath that was dedicated to the gods. Okay. Sacrilegious, of course. No, of course. Archimedes accepts the challenge of, you know, figuring this out. And during a subsequent trip to the public baths, realized that. The more his body sinks into the water, the more water is displaced, making the displaced water an exact measure of his volume. Yeah, I remember learning how to do that as like a little kid in school. Yeah, that's Archimedes. So because gold weighs more than silver, he reasons that a crown mixed with silver would have to be bulkier to reach the same weight as one comprised of only gold. Okay. And so therefore it would displace more water than its pure gold counterpart. Okay. Because of being heavier. Realizing he has hit upon a solution, 
the Greek math whiz leaps out of the bath and runs through the streets completely naked, crying, Eureka, Eureka, or translated, I found it. I found it. That's what Eureka means? Yes, the state motto of California. That's our state motto? That is our state motto. <laughs> yeah, and that's where, you know, it comes from, like, when gold, yeah, gold is found rush. in Sutter Mill. Yeah. yeah. Or Fort Sumter. No, no, not Fort Sumter. Sutter Mills, I think. Or... I just know it's like a gold rush yeah. term that when the, the miners would find gold, they'd yell Eureka. And that comes from 2,000 years prior, Archimedes. And it's related to gold. Yeah. and But again, Whoa. I have to caveat this with saying that this is possibly apocryphal. We don't know for certain. Okay. Um, but it's imagine, a cool story and I could not tell it. Yeah. Imagine you're so inspired that you just run around your town naked. Cause you gotta go Yeah, <laughs> tell someone what you've figured out. I mean, this dude, but I mean, he loved And you, you'll, we'll see it towards the end. Like mm -hmm. he just listened, like this was his love in life. I think was like math and science, science and like everything like invention, inventing things. So cool. Um, yeah, he was very interesting person. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, and also I will, I have to point out too, is this story is related to the hydrodynamic principle that carries his name, the Archimedes principle. Oh, snap. Yeah. So kind of a big deal and it's still taught to this day. Yes. <laughs> over 2000 years later. Yes. That must be what I learned in school. Yeah. And I have like the vague memory of learning how to... And do that, like measure thing, put things in the cup of water, see how much water is displaced. Right. Yeah. And that comes from Archimedes. And That's so cool. I don't want to bore the listeners with details, but essentially, yeah, this, he figured out that, um, what made things either float or sink. If you, mm -hmm. Yeah. If you're interested, you can Google the mechanics of it. Um, but again, if you're not interested, then don't. <laughs> he was brilliant. He was brilliant. That's kind of the whole point. He was really brilliant. And a streaker. And a streaker. And <laughs> he was brilliant in many aspects. In fact, you can really categorize his works in th in like three ways. You know, the first, the first, <laughs> the first is works that prove theorems related to solids and areas bounded by curves and surfaces like spheres mm -hmm. and circles. Mm -hmm. Um, the second is works that analyze problems in statics and hydrostatics from a geometrical viewpoint. Mm -hmm. And then the third are just kind of miscellaneous works and including some that emphasize counting. Um, so it's so, kind of a lot of things. So not my strong suit. No, all of these are like not your strong suits. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, like he could probably, I mean, I have the benefit of thousands of years of like learning, uh -huh. you know, and discovery. And I, he was still way more brilliant and he could probably explain things better than I could. Yeah. Even with like me having Google. How amazing, you know, folks in the ancient world that figured out these really complex things to be the first person for your brain to be that smart, to be, or at least the first recorded person that understands these universal truths. Yeah, right? Uh, I can't imagine. I know. I can't either. It's really cool. So I, you know, in his work on the measurement of a circle, mm -hmm. Archimedes arrives at the logical conclusion that the ratio of a circle's circumference to its diameter, the mathematical constant we today call pi, yeah. is greater than three and one-seventh but less than three and 10 over 71, which is a very good approximation. Wow. So he knew essentially it was 3.14159, uh -huh. you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, 
like well before it was actually ever proved. That's so. Or nice. he could at least have like an idea. He like was very he was close. Very close to mm-hmm. it. Um, I mean, it, it was just it, it's insane. And I got a I got a list. I have a few things here that I ha- just have to mention just to kind of put in perspective how brilliant he was. So he he had a, a lot of work on like pulley and lever systems. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were so advanced that there wouldn't be greater improvements on them for roughly 1700 years. Wow. And that's not all. He additionally theorized modern calculus about 1800 years before Isaac Newton. No big deal. Who we also covered. Who we did cover. In another episode. He probably looked up to Archimedes. I know. Yes, go listen. Go listen to that now. Wow. Can you imagine being smart enough to theorize calculus right he's like he didn't understand it completely but he theorized that it it exists i wasn't even smart enough to take pre-calculus <laughs> in high school it's just not your strength that's yeah all. that's crazy yeah it's just not your strength so <laughs> thank you for repeating yeah. that for everyone. <laughs> no i know but it's like no <laughs> okay moving on anyways <laughs> um and then finally he may have invented we don't know for certain but we may have invented that uh, or something that is now known as the Archimedes screw, which allows water to be pumped from a low-lying body of water upwards. Um, it's still used to this day, well over 2,000 years later. Like when they there's like a reservoir underground and they use those giant screws yes. to pull the water up? Yes. Oh, he invented that? He invented that, possibly. Like, there was some... There were some of these used roughly around the same time in Egypt. Oh, wow. And Egypt, ironically enough, was like kind of like Alexandria specifically was like the center of um, Hellenistic thought. Yeah. And so, you know, it could have possibly originated from there or him. But it's, the work is largely attributed to him. It could have been, yeah, even. Sometimes that happens. Simultaneously. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's possible. But yeah, if you want to learn more, they have really good, uh, I think even Wikipedia has a really good like animation of how it works. So oh, that's so cool. It. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Um, but there's still cooler things, more oh, insane things. Oh, tell me. And this is in regards to like the Romans and the war, the Second Punic War. Um, so I have to give just a teeny bit more backstory, and I promise I'm going to keep this brief. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, remember that king I mentioned, Hiero? Yep. Yeah. He's the king of Syracuse. So, yeah, remember, he's a very staunch Roman supporter, right? Yeah, and he's real smart, smart. Real smart, smart. Well, he died. I mean, he was super old. Yeah. He died. Um, and, again, midst of the Second Punic War, so just okay. shit is going down. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, his successor, though, was not as intelligent as he was. It always happens. And the kingdom switched alliances to that. Those are the Carthaginians. Oh, okay. So That's a huge change to make like in the middle of everything. Yeah. Um, unsurprisingly, this angered the Romans and they started to siege the city. Not very smart that mm-hmm. like they, and the reason why just a little bit backstory is the Romans suffered a massive defeat, like in mainland Italy. And uh, they thought like, Oh, that was the end of the war. They, they very, very underestimated the Romans' resolve to, like, withhold or withstand anything. Okay. Especially at this time. So they were just underestimating them. And yeah. then the Romans, like, kicked their butts. Pretty much. It took them a little bit of time, but eventually that's kind of where we arrive. Mm-hmm. Um, so in defense of the city, that's now under siege by the Romans because of, you know, this the new successor stupidity. New mm-hmm. Yeah. 
uh, Archimedes was called okay. to help defend the city with his brilliance. With his brain! With his brain. And he had two things that are infamous. Okay. Uh, two tactics. And we're not even sure, especially one of them, we're not even sure if it was even real or if it was something that was, you know, invented hundreds of years later to say how brilliant he was. We have no idea. Okay. But I'll get into it. So the first one is called the Claw of Archimedes. Mm. And this was a really cool invention. So essentially it was an ancient weapon designed by our Archimedes to defend the seaward portion of Syracuse's city wall against an amphibious assault. So the, amphibious assault, like yeah, a water assault, a water assault, I've right? So like ships, time. they had a big wall essentially that was right on the water, uh -huh. and the Roman ships, you know, were were trying to, I don't know what, what their strategy was, but they were trying to like breach that section. Um, again, that's not super important. What is important is uh, the, the accounts of ancient historians. Mm -hmm. They seem to describe this claw as a as a crane, like a sort of crane mm -hmm. that is equipped with a grappling hook that was able to lift an attacking ship partly out of the water and then either cause the ship to capsize or suddenly drop it. So and then it, Oh my god, like the, the claw machines at like Denny's yes, and the arcade. But like, and but like massive and over going over the wall and picking up ships out of the water, then like yeah, causing them to like fall back down and like capsize yeah. or like break that's what happens when you try to pick up the toy you always drop it yeah <laughs> and that was by design this time and it was like it was dropped onto enemy ships which then it, the enemy ships would swing and destroy the ship right and sometimes they'd get swung into other ships oh my God. and it was just bad news bears for the roman ships yeah um it was very effective and I apparently just like almost like annihilated a like a uh, like a portion of the navy. Oh my god! Yeah, it was well, yeah, really you, bad. No one would have guessed that will, that would be waiting for them. Right? How insane is a that? A giant claw coming over the wall was going to pick us up, <laughs> yeah, and fling us back <laughs> into the water, fling us back, or drop us on another ship, or whatever. Wow, Archimedes um, claw, pretty badass. Yeah, the claw of Archimedes. That just sounds so foreboding. Mm -hmm. But here's what's crazy: mm -hmm. the second adventure invention was even stranger. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't even know how to describe it, so I just characterized it as a heat death ray. Okay. <laughs> Not making this up. Um, history is truly stranger than fiction at times. Absolutely. That's um, why we have this podcast. That's why we have this podcast. <laughs> this is, I mean, I feel like this podcast was made for like this alone. Um, he used a series of mirrors and created this death ray okay so you know how you use kind of like the like a, a spying or looking glass mm -hmm. to like burn the ants in the anthill i never did that but yeah that's right always in the I, movies. it's always in the movies i never did that either i'm not a sociopath people <laughs> um but yeah the magnifying glass right to magnify kind the of sun's ray think of that same principle mm -hmm. so apparently they used a bunch of mirrors on the coast right oh. and when the roman ships were coming in they would, the sun would hit the mirrors and they would focus all, all the mirrors on a singular point, right? So like they would, all the beams would kind of come in ideally on one single point mm -hmm. and that point would then burst into flames. Yeah. Oh my God. And so, you know, according to these ancient sources, um, this worked. 
yeah, this, I, I this bet works. it could, like, if you know exactly, I mean, the, sh the ships would have to arrive at the right time, right? The sun would have to be in the right position. Right, absolutely. But I can, like, visualize it so clearly. Yeah. Like, the sun hits the mirrors, the mirrors make a beam, and hit the <laughs> thing, and there's fire. Yeah. It's kind of like even, like, <laughs> when you're driving, and <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at my phone, oh my but God. it's the wrong time of day, because yeah. then the sun hits my phone and, and, like, burns your eyes. Yeah, it goes, like, right in my eye. I'm, like, I'm hey. in the passenger seat. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you're, you're trying to, like, blind me, woman. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, obviously the story is so absurd. Like there's going to be critics, right? Of course. Uh, there's been a lot of debate on the validity of the story, mm -hmm. unsurprisingly. So, you know, funny enough though, this was actually even tested on Mythbusters. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I know who imagine telling Archimedes like 20, you know, he lived God, over 2,200 years ago being like, Hey, by the way, there's this, television show that will you know go over th this invention of yours and see if it's even real or not oh my god what were the results they were mixed they're very really um based on numerous ex experiments but there is a possibility it could have worked mm -hmm. the, the conditions would have had to have been like near perfect. perfect yeah but it could have worked yeah um one thing that i also feel like i should mention is that tar was used in a lot of ancient ships and, you know, since it is flammable, oh, yeah. you know, potentially, boom, goes the dynamite, right? Yeah. Or, you know, burst into flames. Yeah. So it's it's possible. That's um, so cool. Despite how fantastical it sounds, yeah. right? Um, so it's kind of amazing. That's very ingenious. And you don't risk human life. Right, yeah. Like... You don't need more soldiers for this. You just need people maybe to hold up the mirrors. To hold I don't up know. the mirrors and, you know, well out of range from any sort of arrows or yeah. something that the Romans could. Because they're also higher up, too. Exactly. So they're, they're on a cliff. Down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're on a cliff. Um, so the Mythbusters did conclude, you know, however, that it just would have been a lot easier to use flaming arrows instead. <laughs> so, you know, the debate kind of still rages on if this was actually true or not. Okay. Yeah. So despite his brilliance the might and persistence of the mil Roman military won the day and, you know, they eventually broke through the city's defenses. Oh, that sucks. I was kind yeah. of expecting that, but it right. sucks because you would hope that like the cookie creative genius would, would save win the, the day. City. Yeah. yeah. He didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and yeah, it gets worse. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, as a result of this though, you know, uh, in the confusion, he he died despite commands coming from the Roman consuls, which were the highest position in the Roman government. The Archimedes was not only to like not be killed, but to not be harmed. Oh. They wanted to, you know, like invite him, you know, essentially be like their prisoner. They're really well taken care of prisoner and yeah. like do things for the Romans. Yeah. They wanted his brilliance. Yeah. They wanted his brilliance that's for a, themselves. That's they even knew about him. Yeah. Like he was that famous. Um, but, you know, that's not the way it happened, unfortunately. Wow. And the way he died was very Archimedes-like. Um, How it, so? So, in especially, well, this is especially, you know, to be believed, um, you know, the story is to be believed as, you know, we believe the bathtub story. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so the story goes something like this. And again, the sources vary as to, like, you know, exactly how it happened. But 
you know, the gist is Roman soldiers burst into Archimedes' house, and he was either sitting in his garden or a peristyle, you know, drawing in the sand. Oh. Literally drawing in the sand. Uh-huh. Um, one of the Roman soldiers stepped onto the circles he had drawn in the sand, and this very much so upset Archimedes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was probably working really hard on those circles. He was. He purportedly exclaimed... And I'm going to do my best Latin here. Oh, snap. I'm ready. Noli turbare curculos meos or meos. Okay, let me guess what that means. Say it again. Noli turbare curculos meos. Don't mess up my circles. Yes. Really? Yes. (laughs) Do not disturb my circles. That's really good. I'm so smart. (laughs) See, those are your strengths. Yeah, there we go. We found them. (laughs) (laughs) Or it was inside you all along. Oh. (laughs) <laughs> but for one reason or another, that soldier ended up killing him, sadly enough. Oh my god! Yeah, Just he, over that? Over that, yeah. Instead probably... of, do you think the soldier, and I'm sure, I know we don't know, but what do you think? Do you think the soldier was like, I'm gonna go get this Archimedes dude, I was told I gotta go pick him up, bring him back, and then Archimedes pissed him off and he killed him? Or do you think he was just raiding a house? He might have been searching for Archimedes and then you know maybe in the heat of the moment this guy like was like pushing the soldier into the guy just you know snapped and just like slashed him or something or a, stabbed him a murder of passion right like he wasn't trying the adrenaline to adrenaline of war and everything and especially how kooky Archimedes is he could have just lost it when you you know and you to a normal a person mm-hmm. you know stepping in some drawings on the sand isn't gonna really yeah, but he was brilliant it must have meant so much more right he'd probably been working on them and like you know and he didn't have calculators, so he's probably doing calculations in the sand. And this guy just maybe ruined, like, years, or maybe not years, like, hours of work. And that probably just pissed him off. Yo, he didn't have calculators. So, and I wrote this in my notes, but uh-huh. it was like, at least Archimedes died doing what he loved, I suppose. <laughs> he was doing calculations and defending yeah. his work? Yeah. Yeah, so, you know. It's honorable. It's an honorable um and in like anyways this the consul that was in charge of this invasion you know apparently personally apologized to <laughs> like the family or like the people of syracuse because he was like he was very upset like i everyone was very upset that this guy died wow, and so I'm, even the romans i'm um, so amazed because it does sound like he was odd like a true weirdo i'm amazed that he was so admired for his time because usually the stories we hear and a lot of the stories we end up telling on this show are people who are ahead of their time in some way Mm -hmm. whether it's the like social justice rights they're fighting for their brilliance their art their anything the people of their time tend to not recognize it it's so interesting to me that people recognized it because a lot of the practical applications of his work could be like, oh, you can pull water upwards, which, right. you know, you can pump water upwards, which is, you know, a new, completely new thing. And also siege war. weapons yeah. and Romans loved war. They, yeah, like no more so than like probably most other civilizations at the time, but they were really good at it. And Definitely so not more than the United States government. <laughs> no oh, that's a conversation for another time. <laughs> yeah. Wow, so the the consul came and was like, guys, and, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm so sorry we killed him. We killed our bad. <laughs> um, but apparently he was buried in a very extravagant tomb with a sphere and, and oh. a sphere and cylinder structures at the front. Wow. Yeah, the monuments that he loved the most, right? Oh. Adorned his grave, right? 
And even according to legend, like almost 150 years later, Cicero ended up um, kind of rediscovering the tomb. And I use like air quotes on that um, and, and paid his respects. Is it still there today? I don't, it's probably lost. Like the tomb of Alexander is just, we don't. Like generally people know like, oh, it should be around here. Yeah, but we don't know. Oh, that's such a bummer. Yeah, it is. It's a big time bummer. I want to go to Syracuse, Sicily now. I do too. I mean, there's so much that happened there. I mean, I only covered a little, like a sliver of the history, right? A sliver of a sliver. But there's a lot that happened there. It was a really important place. What a fascinating and ancient culture. Yeah. Like, it's so crazy. And from what I know of, and your grandfather is Sicilian. And what I know of, like, Sicilian people that I've met and stuff like that their roots tend to go back many, many, many generations. To yeah. It seems like it's a, it's Italy, of course, and it's Italian, but it does seem like it's its own subculture, its own special. Oh, it absolutely is. And it's, it's funny you mention it being Italian and it, it is like, it's part of the, you know, the, the contemporary nation state of Italy. Right. Mm-hmm. But in ancient times, it was not Italian. Yeah. It was completely different. Yeah. Like, in, which is interesting to think about. Yeah, and obviously probably such a hodgepodge of all of the cultures that were trading and warring right. <laughs> all around them. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, it was the Romans' first overseas conquest. Aww. <laughs> it's so cute. remembers their first overseas yeah. conquest. So cute, so cute. cute yeah, so cute. Well... And before I forget, I'm yeah. going to cite my sources so no one can make fun of me. You guys can't make fun of me, and you can't make fun of me, Steph. It's about time. Yeah. You got to so, cite them at the top. I know. Um, <laughs> at least I'm citing them regardless. Yes, yes. So, tell us where you learned this awesome information for folks that might want to learn more. Absolutely. So we have Encyclopedia Britannica. That's so good. It's a great one. The that Scientific American. Oh, that sounds fancy. It's very fancy. The World History Encyclopedia Wow. Hellenica World. Hellenica World? I've never heard of that. Yeah, I haven't either, actually, up until this point. And then finally, my favorite, the one we use all the time. Mm, Wikipedia. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't have a history for a weirdos episode without a little Wikipedia. No. It's it's true. It's it's the filler. It is the filler. It's the basic definitions. It's the dates that we need real quick. Right. It's our rock. It is. Oh, wow. So I... You gave me exactly what I wanted, which was so much more context into who Archimedes, like why he was important. Right. You know, like I knew, like I said, scientific awesomeness <laughs> exactly. is associated with this dude, but I didn't know why. Yeah. And I mean, how just so much far ahead of everyone else. Yeah. Like, I mean, he was clearly just a man you know, I would have loved if he could have met like someone like Leonardo da Vinci, oh, right? Like, would have had such a good time. The, especially, you know, assuming they could speak to each other. Okay, yeah. Right. Um, but like, assuming they could, like, oh my god, that would probably really interesting conversations could there. Could you imagine, like, where, like, if those two had been contemporaries and could communicate, like, where the world would be? It would be. I can't even imagine, and it's insane too because there's some of the people that like. Literally, the world technology is like they they were hampered mm-hmm. by you know they were so far ahead that like the technology of the time was literally hampering their progress. It's almost like they were born at the wrong time. Yeah, you know, like and maybe like they're reborn again later. I just can't imagine being 
so obviously far ahead of everyone else mm -hmm. seeing and imagining and creating things that other people and my time can't even wrap their head around right how cool it's so cool oh man but that is the legendary archimedes i hope you enjoyed it yay snap 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 snap, snap. <laughs> <laughs> well thank you i appreciate that thank you so much for sharing more about archimedes with me with the weirdos we loved it. We're here for it. <laughs> and for all of you listening, thank you as always so, so much for listening. Please feel free to email us if you have any requests. You want to say hi at historyforweirdos at gmail.com. We're on Instagram at historyforweirdos. Um, please do us such a solid and rate, review, subscribe. I know everyone says that, but it's for a reason. It helps other people find the podcast. It also gives us really good feedback um, so we can keep making episodes. And that's it. That's it. Yeah. And also, <laughs> if you like this episode or if you liked any other episodes, give, you know, give the details to some other weirdos that you think would like it. Yeah. Just like in the podcast app, at least for iPhones, it's, you can share an episode with someone via text. Oh, I actually didn't know that. It's pretty cool. I send you podcast episodes all the time. Oh, you have. Just kidding. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So please feel free to share with a friend if you think someone you know might enjoy this. We're always looking to expand the community. Absolutely. Okay, well, for now, that's all, weirdos. That's all for now, weirdos.